understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Hello again, wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. My name is Sean. I'm coming to you from Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Yes, normally it's London, Ontario, but they moved into Phase 2, and my wife and I were able to go visit her family this weekend, so we're on location recording this podcast. There's a lot of information to get through, but I'm glad you joined us. Whether you're listening to us on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast from, I, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being a part of this. We're trying to keep you informed on everything going on, and there's definitely a lot happening right now. So, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to get back into the news, which includes a whole gambit of things, including COVID-19, sexual harassments with the speaking out, and of course, results and a little bit of actual wrestling news go figure so i'll be back back after this message thank you again for joining me who's the greatest manager who's the greatest tag team of the 80s the 90s wcw wwe aw ecw awa you name it we're naming them on the fantasy warfare tournament join stephen o'neill chris jones Chris Maloney and myself on Fantasy Warfare Tournament each and every week, Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. on YouTube. Hey, wrestling fans, it's Sean from the Scumbags Wrestling. Have you checked out our latest t shirt design? It's inspired by our friends over at London Comic Con. Nigel Lewis of NCL Studios came up with this amazing design of a comic book cover. It features 22 stars of the Ontario Independent Wrestling scene, including Cody Deaner, Jody Threat, Casey Spinelli, Tyson Dukes, Brent Banks, Tara, Sebastian Swab, Alala Beefcake, graduates of the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory, and many more. You can get your t-shirt for just $30, or buy the poster for $15. Proceeds from this sale are going to go to Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto on behalf of Steven's Wrestling Journey. Steven's eight-year-old fighting cure malformation and they're searching for a cure. You can contact me either through our Facebook page, Scumbags Wrestling, or email me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. Get yourself a green t-shirt with an amazing design 
and help a wonderful cause at the same time. So contact me today and get your shirt or poster. And welcome back to the show. I'm really not sure where I need to start. Um, I guess there's some local stuff. I hope you're catching the Backyard Pro that's been happening every Thursday night at 8 o'clock on YouTube. Bon Vertigo and his friends have come up with some exciting and comedic matches that are happening in backyards around Ontario. Now, if you were a fan of the Southpaw pro wrestling that was happening with WWE and they were coming up with different characters and different scenarios. This is what's happening with Backyard Pro. You'll recognize a lot of the talent that are on here including Mark Wheeler, Von Vertigo, Gabriel Fuerza, Alexia Nicole, John Greed on commentary, Scott Hunter is on commentary, Brad is roughing, Brad Myers that is, he's roughing matches. There's Holden Albright, Scotty O'Shea, Shane Saber, and many more. So give it a check. It's happening Thursday nights on YouTube. They've had episode one and two this past uh, Thursdays consecutively, and we look forward to having more episodes in the coming weeks. So definitely check out Backyard Pro. They're available on YouTube, and you can check out their Facebook page. They also have t-shirts available at Pro Wrestling Tees. Looks like I'm actually going to jump around to different companies and uh, with the different news that's going on. Uh, as I said, there is COVID-19 conversation coming up in just a moment with WWE and its effects on AEW. But also with the speaking out movement that's going on, Impact Wrestling has been hit with it as they had released Dave Christ. And Joy Ryan. Joy Ryan has a ton of different stories coming out. And there is no real redeeming factors of this man. Uh, if you happen to hear any of the stories that are going on. He shut down his Twitter. Um, his bar wrestling is uh, done with. And so he's uh, out of there. Um, this might have even totally ruined his career. But... If the stories are definitely true of uh, what he's alleged to have done, it's one last piece of cancer in anybody's locker room. Uh, Michael Elgin, he was also suspended by Impact Wrestling. And then a couple days later, they ended up announcing that they have ceased a working relationship with Michael Elgin. So they have Slammiversary coming up on July 18th, which is a Saturday. And Michael Elgin was actually supposed to be in a five-way match for the Impact Wrestling World Championship. And so he's definitely out of it. But then a couple days later, it was announced that Impact Wrestling has severed ties with their current champion, Tessa Blanchard. So... The card for Slammiversary is so up in the air. Now, it appears that Tessa's issue was uh, the fact that she's been trapped in Mexico with her fiancé, Daga, 
Uh, with the COVID-19, she hasn't been able to travel and has missed the two rounds of TV tapings. So, you know, that's COVID-19 related. But she then didn't send in any videos to at least give her status. But if she's not going to be able to cross the border to even defend her title at Slammiversary, one can understand why she didn't send in any videos. Of course, depending on who you listen to, there are conflicting things where she's been difficult to deal with and refusing to do things. But I think at the end of this month, which is only a couple of days away, her contract with Impact Wrestling was up and she wanted to be on a day-to-day basis and possibly her price tag after her contract was a little too high for them. So however it all worked out, they decided that they could no longer go further with Tessa Blanchard. And even though she's their champion, they are severing ties with her, which now makes the Impact Championship vacant. And we only have three members of the five-way left. Uh, So hopefully this week on Impact, they'll have that figured out and be able to quickly put something together to finish out their card for Slammiversary on July 18th. So far, they only have three matches actually scheduled for Slammiversary. And... It's going to be the world title in some form, which probably still include Ace Austin, Eddie Edwards, and Trey. But who else rounds out that match, or if there is anybody who rounds it out, is, like I said, up in the air. But then Jordan Grace is going to defend the Impact Knockouts Championship against Deonna Perrazzo. And Willie Mack is defending his X Division title against Chris Bay. So that is Impact Wrestling. And moving on to some news. We have word that Sarah Logan has decided to back away from wrestling. She was recently released after everything with the Riot Squad uh, ended. And she wants to pursue other things in her life. I guess her and her husband, Eric, of the... uh, Viking Raiders have a farm, so she wants to do stuff with that. But when your husband's still part of wrestling, who knows how long you're going to be away from it for a bit. But it would be nice if she's able to refresh herself, come back more focused, and even be with the Viking Raiders, considering she does live the Viking lifestyle like her husband. Uh, Velveteen Dream ended up in a car accident on Friday. And he has been released from the hospital. There's not really many details of what happened with that. Bret Hart has a 35-part series available, I think, streaming through his website. And Canadians can get it for $35. So basically a dollar a show. And it's Confessions of a Hitman. And so... It looks like it's a sit-down style uh, interview uh, format of the show, almost like the Broken Skull Sessions. And he goes over different matches and aspects of the business. So that's 35 shows available through the Brett Hitman Hart uh, website and $35 to stream all 35 episodes. And they, I think, are releasing episodes once a week. 
as seen last week on Raw, Charlotte Flair is out with a supposed injury, but I guess she's getting elective surgery. They haven't said what it's for, but in the U.S., when you have money to uh, pay for any surgery, you can get in there and do it at any time, and she's chosen this time to do so. Ric Flair also mentioned that she has a shot at doing a TV show of some sort, so she might take time enough to do that. Talk is that she could be back by SummerSlam, but who knows? We'll see what happens from there. Um, WD is also rumored to be in the running to land Tessa Blanchard if and when she can return to North America. Well, Mexico is actually North America, but when she can return stateside to do some wrestling, then she might have a home for herself in WWE where possibly AEW might not want to touch her since she had the allegations of being a racist and bullying. And we saw what happened with Tony Khan's statement about Hulk Hogan not being welcome there and even Linda McMahon. So WWE could be the new home of Tessa. And like we talked about on Fantasy Warfare Tournament, there's a eventual possibility of seeing second-generation wrestlers, Charlotte and Tessa Blanchard, colliding. Fox and FS1 have decided to cut back on some of their sideshows that are going on, and that includes WD Backstage. And that is going to be possibly brought back only as specials, maybe once a month, uh, somewhere around the time of pay-per-views to hype them up but at the moment the weekly format of backstage happening Tuesday nights at 10 or 11 is not going to happen however FS1 is still going to be broadcasting old WD footage filling a block of time on FS1 what that does for CM Punk's contract with Fox and FS1 is up in the air I've read somewhere that apparently the the contract reverts to WWE and that would make him a WWE employee again. Who knows? We'll just have to wait and see what happens on that end. But backstage is done for now. And now, looking at all the craziness involving uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, and it's hit WWE. There was talk that one of the audience members a couple weeks ago or an NXT uh, star had contracted coronavirus. They didn't uh, announce who it was, but now this week they've had to do extensive testing of their superstars. Renee Young came out and said not only did she lose her job with backstage, but she also uh, contracted coronavirus and warns people to wear their masks. So WWE really didn't want that uh, being revealed, but then we saw Caleb Braxton. She's revealed that she's on her second round of coronavirus, which is news to people, I guess, that you can get it twice and obviously recover. Then two agents or producers, whichever they want to be called, Adam Pierce and Jamie Noble also announced that they had gotten coronavirus and tested positive. 
it's totally messed up the schedule for recording this past friday they were supposed to be recording uh smackdown and two episodes of it it turned into just one hour of smackdown as the rest was a tribute to undertaker using the mat the boneyard match from wrestlemania filling in time and then they were supposed to record monday night raw a couple episodes this weekend but i think they only got uh this week's episode of Monday Night Raw, which is going to feature two contract signings for titles. The hope is that people will be tested and come up clear. And then this week, they're going to do major tapings on July 1st. They'll do two episodes of NXT, which will be Great American Bash, uh, scheduled to be shown on july 1st and 8th and then on the second they're going to do two episodes of smackdown and 205 live and then on july 3rd they're going to do two episodes of raw raw talk and main event on friday's edition of the tapings which was as i said just an hour Shazi blackheart had noted that and posted a photo that the NXT talent who were in the audience were wearing SmackDown masks. This goes totally against what had been deemed by Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn as something they did not want anybody having to wear masks and being shown on TV. But with this outbreak, they're going to have to do that. And that's what happened with this week's uh, recording of SmackDown. And not that I overly pay attention uh, to the ratings war or supposed war that's going on on Wednesdays, which AEW usually wins because, well, NXT is pre-recorded and you can watch it again on the network the next day. But significant change in the numbers this week as NXT actually topped AEW by a large amount in the ratings. Usually they're either close or AEW wins the night. And NXT had an average of 786,000 viewers, while AEW only had 633,000. So I don't know why people didn't tune into AEW over NXT. Maybe it was just the curiosity of what they would end up doing with everything uh, and the coronavirus outbreak that had been announced, but yeah, NXT soundly beat AEW this week. AEW, though, also got affected by the coronavirus because there had been talk that QT Marshall had been in contact with somebody who had come positive with the coronavirus, and so he was asked to stay home. And then, of course, John Moxley with his wife being Renee Young, was affected by the coronavirus. He's been up front with AEW and Tony Khan and said what had happened with Renee, and Tony advised him, along with the doctors, to stay home. He's gotten multiple testing done and has come up negative so far each time, but he's still in the same house supporting his wife, Renee, as she goes through the effects of coronavirus because there's been reports that she lost her sense of taste and smell so he's doing the right thing being a great husband and supporting her and staying in that same house and not leaving her in 
defense of his AEW World Championship, which he's supposed to record this Thursday. So I imagine doctors and AEW are keeping an eye on how many tests he takes, how many times he comes back negative, and they'll make a decision Thursday when they record the second half of Fighter Fest whether or not Moxley will be a part of it. And so even though WWE is the main source of it, it's affecting everybody. There's even been jokes saying that WWE did it purposely to take down AEW. Of course, everybody's saying that jokingly. I don't believe it. I've typed it out jokingly to uh, Chris Maloney and Stephen O'Neill in a private chat. But, you know, it is interesting that that has affected both companies when they have relations, um, whether it's married, boyfriend, girlfriend, or fiancés, between the two companies. Then, of course, need to address more of the speaking out which we talked about last week and you got to hear the roundtable discussion between Chris Maloney and Stephen O'Neill and myself that happened on TNT a week and a half ago. But since that conversation, there's been more things coming out. Um, I mentioned what the effect is on Impact Wrestling with Joey Bryan, Michael Elgin, and Dave Crest. But... AEW was also affected by it, and they have suspended Sammy Guevara indefinitely, and because it came to light that a podcast he did in 2016, that he had some unsavory thoughts about what he would like to do to uh, Sasha Banks physically if he had ever seen her. Uh, he says it was joking and very immature of himself to say uh, he would like to rape her, but... I don't know how somebody can say that as a joke. Um, since that came out, he has had a conversation with Sasha Banks and things seem to be smoothed over with them. Uh, he's apologized three times, but it's up to Tony Khan and everybody whether or not Sammy Guevara does come back. When he does come back, I guess it's a different situation as opposed to physically doing something um, as other people have done. His was just stupid comments being made on another podcast. But while he is suspended, his money is going to be forfeited. Uh, so he's not going to be paid during the time. And that money is going to go to a women's cause in Jacksonville, Florida. Sammy Guevara is also going to be directed to take part in sensitivity training courses Uh, which probably have to be completed before he's even considered coming back. Over in WWE, they've released Travis Banks and Legaro. Um, Impact Wrestling has parted ways with Joey Ryan, Dave Chris, and Michael Logan. In British Columbia, ECCW co-owner Jeff Duncan has left the company under allegations, but in doing so, other talent have left, including the current tag team champs, the Voros Twins, Scotty Sweater Vest, Ravenous Randy Myers, Fergie, Lisa Hall, Jackie Lee, Miles Devlin, and many others. 
So there's a lot going on with ECCW over in British Columbia. Uh, Mike Quackenbush has done um, about face and has quit his job and even shut down Shakara. Plus, he's stepped away from the Philadelphia Russell Factory. So there's a lot of damage going on that thing, that area. ROH has Marty Skrull, uh, who's also facing allegations of sexual assault. Um, ROH has issued a statement saying that they're investigating what's going on, but then Marty Skrull wasn't too bright and kind of admitted that something did happen. He had a sexual relation with somebody that was 16 years old. But I guess that's legal over in the UK, but, you know, he's denying the whole instance of rape. But then you have a gentleman who is in his, I would say, late 20s when this happened in 2015, hooking up with a 16-year-old. And now she's saying that she was basically raped and he says it was consensual. So there's a lot of gray area going on just really bad scene and he tried to brush it off as being okay but he got some backlash for it so he took that down and issued a different statement but ring of honor is looking into that and we'll see what his position is because he's not only on air talent but he's also part of the booking uh, team and producer NWA's Dave Lagana, who has also stepped away, um, issued a statement saying that he is denying what Liz Savage is saying. There's a huge article or statement by Liz Savage online, just way too long to bother reading here. Uh, definitely, if you want to see it, Google it, Liz Savage and Dave Lagana, and you're going to see some details. But... There's also accusations against Lagana from his time when he worked in WWE in the mid-2000s. So, he seems to have a checkered past. And finally, in the speaking out update, uh, there's been allegations made against the Knight family, which is Paige's family, and Soraya Knight, Paige's mom, has taken Facebook to refute this uh, allegations being made against her and the family. So it is a very messed up time in wrestling. You would think something like Tessa Blanchard being stripped of her title would be the biggest news of the week, but where you have coronavirus and the speaking out movement going on, and that's all behind the scenes, not even talking about the actual wrestling that's going on week to week, which I'll be doing that in just a moment. So crazy times, 2020 cannot get over soon enough for the world to just shake its head and move forward. I'll be right back though, and we're going to talk about the results for AEW leading into Fighter Fest this week, and also WWE after that on their way to Great American Bash and Extreme Rules. If you're looking for insight on the hottest wrestling topics going on today and interviews, 
Join Chris Maloney and myself each and every Thursday at 8 p.m. on TNT Thursday Night Throwdown. We're joined by different panel guests, commentators, and interviews as we break down the week in world of wrestling. You won't want to miss it, and you can be a part of it too. That's TNT Thursday Night Throwdown each and every Thursday night on Twitch and Facebook at 8 p.m. Okay, welcome back. Let's look at what happened with AEW this week. Dynamite had a lumberjack match start off the uh, show with Wardlow taking on Luchasaurus. And the lumberjacks really didn't do their job of putting people back in the ring. They were just more there as cannon fodder and people to catch uh, Luchasaurus and Wardlow, who were two big men going airborne a lot of times. There was some interaction with... Uh, Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy along with MJF and that got uh, turned into a match that's going to happen at Fighter Fest this week Dr. Brooke Baker was sending messages to Tony from her enclosed Rolls Royce it's now got plexiglass around it as though she's at a WWE event and uh, Tony has been taken off his Friendship time out with Britt Baker so that he can read all her messages on air. Hikaru Shida took care of Red Velvet in about 10 seconds or less. Uh, there was interaction with Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian throughout the uh, match before and after. And that uh, interaction was heating up their match that's supposed to happen at Fighter Fest for the championship. There was a press conference, uh, sports style, with Cody and Jake Hager. There was highlights from a press conference. I don't even know when it was happening. Uh, But Jake was late for the uh, event, and his wife uh, was with him. She eventually threw water in Cody's face, and they're going to square off for the TNT Championship. Then the exalted one, Brody Lee and Colt Cabana, they teamed together to take on the team of Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela. And there was a lot of interference from the Creepers or Minions, whatever they want to be called. And Colt did not see this happen uh, when they were interfering. And then Brody Lee ended up hitting a lariat on Janela and allowed Cabana to pick up the victory. And this gave some added boost to Cabana as he's happy that he got a victory finally after a lot of uh, losses recently and so he's going to have to owe it to the Dark Order who it doesn't look like Cabana is fully signed on with yet. Then there was a tag team clinic put on between FTR and SCU which was Kazarian and Daniels and It was an incredible match, actually, for tag team action. FTR picked up the victory, but then were confronted by the Butcher and the Blade, who were in FTR's truck. And then the Lucha Brothers came up from behind FTR. An eight-man tag team match was proposed by the Butcher, as FTR would then have to be teaming with the Young Bucks against the Lucha Brothers and Butcher and Blade. This was confirmed, and we're going to have that eight-man tag happening either this week or next week. 
The Lucha Brothers attacked FTR and then joined Butcher and the Blade and left in FTR's truck. Then a video package uh, was shown hyping up the tag team title match with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page defending against best friends. Brian Cage destroyed John Cruz and Taz cut a promo after the match on John Moxley. He even said that he had a lame excuse to not be at Dynamite this week. And, of course, they had to mention the fact that he has been in contact with somebody who may have been around somebody with coronavirus. They didn't go into details of being about being his wife. So Taz uh, cut a promo on Moxley for not being there. Then Big Swole confronted Britt Baker at the Rolls Royce. Britt just taunted Swole, told her to go away, and she can't be touched. And next thing you know, Swole left, but then climbed up on top of the Rolls Royce with a garbage can and dumped it into the encased box that Britt is sitting in. And then Rebel, or Reba as she is being called by Britt, tried using a leaf blower to get rid of Swole. Matt Hardy uh, went against Santana. Ortiz was at ringside. Uh, This was actually supposed to be Matt Hardy against Guevara. Afterwards, there was a uh, fight that included Private Party. And Matt Hardy and Private Party stood tall at the end. And then the main event had Jericho and Orange Cassidy in a face-to-face confrontation that turned into a brawl at the end of the episode. Uh, Jericho did a lot of putting Orange Cassidy down, threatened him not to do his lame uh, kicks. He did a lot of insulting of uh, Orange Cassidy. Orange took the microphone, looked straight at Jericho, put it down instead, and did his lame kicks. Jericho just looked at him, took his sunglasses, and crushed them in front of Orange. And that's when the brawl ensued. And by the end of things, as the show was going off the air, Orange Cassidy stood tall over Chris Jericho, giving a legitimacy to somebody like Orange Cassidy going against Chris Jericho. It's almost as though when Chris went against Fandango, where nobody thought Fandango had a right or reason to be in the same ring as Chris Jericho. Jericho's found a way of putting Orange Cassidy into a position where people are going to look for that match. So before I run down everything that's happening this week and next week on AEW with Fighter Fest, just going to do a quick look at the rankings as of June 24th. For the tag team, your champions are Page and Omega with a perfect 8-0 record. Then your contenders, at number 5, Private Party with a 4-2 record. At number 4, The Natural Nightmares with a 5-1 record. With 3-2, at number 3 is The Young Bucks. Perfect 6-0 record at number 2 is The Dark Order. At number 1 contenders with a 10-3 record are the best friends. The women's division, Hikaru Shida is your champion with an 11-1 record. Number 5, Britt Baker with 4-4. And at number 4, Chris Statlander 
also has a 4-4 record. They're going to be both out for a while with their individual injuries that they have. So maybe there'll be another woman that steps up and knocks these one of these two out of the rankings. At number three is Big Swole at 4-3. and three. At number two, Penelope Ford at 4-3. and three. And at number one, the former champion, Nyla Rose, with a current record of 6-2. and two. And then on the men's singles rankings, John Moxley is your champion with a perfect 13-0. Cody is 13-1, and he's your TNT champion. Contendership-wise, at number 5, Chris Jericho with a 2-1 record. At number 4, with a 5-1, Brody Lee. At number 3, 7-1, Lance Archer. At number 2, Brian Cage with a perfect 4-0 record. And at number one, your number one contender is MJF with a perfect 7-0 record. And wrapping up your AEW news for this week, July 1st, Canada Day, AEW presents night number one of Fighter Fest. Matches scheduled to happen on that include Private Party with Matt Hardy taking on Santana and Ortiz. Jurassic Express will take on MJF and Wardlow. The women's title will be online as Hikaru Shida defends against Penelope Ford. The tag team titles will be online with Omega and Paige taking on the best friends. And the TNT championship will be defended with Cody going against Jake Hager. Then night number two happening on July 8th has FTR and the Young Bucks taking on the Lucha Brothers and Butcher and the Blade. Colt Cabana is teaming with the Dark Order, which is Brody Lee and Stu Grayson, to take on the three members of SCU in six-man tag team action. Nyla Rose is going to be on the card in a match to be announced, but she also has a big announcement to make on the show as well. Lance Archer is going to take on Joey Janela, Chris Jericho will take on Orange Cassidy, and depending test results, John Moxley is set to defend his AEW championship in the main event of Fighter Fest against Brian Cage, who will have Taz by his side. So these are special episodes that are going to happen during AEW Dynamite that happen each and every week at 8 p.m. Wednesday nights. So that's what's happening for the next two weeks. We'll see what happens, what doesn't happen. And they're supposed to record night number one this Wednesday, possibly live, and night number two on Thursday. Hey, wrestling fans, we have a brand new t-shirt that you're going to love to get. If you're into comic books and the Ontario wrestling scene, you won't want to miss this great design created by Nigel Lewis of NCL Studios. And even better, when you buy a t-shirt or a poster of this amazing design, you'll also be helping out a great charity at SickKids Hospital in Toronto. It's part of Stephen's wrestling journey, and we're going to help him get that money that's needed to raise for research. T-shirts are just $30. Posters are just 15 Check out our Facebook page, 
or and email me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com to make your purchase and help out a great charity and have an awesome t-shirt. And wrapping up this week's episode, here are results from WDE and what you can look forward to this week with Great American Bash and what's happening as WWE leads to extreme rules. This past Monday on Raw, Dolph Ziggler came out and confronted Drew McIntyre, but he announced that himself and Bobby Roode were part of the trade with AJ Styles, the future considerations that Raw had. So he's over on Raw, and he wants a WWE title match against Drew. Drew made fun of him for a bit, but then willingly gave in and announced that he will defend the championship against Dolph Ziggler at Extreme Rules. Nia Jax and Charlotte uh, ended up brawling in the ring, and Charlotte hurt her left arm in the fight. The Street Profits beat the Viking Raiders to retain the tag team titles, and this was the ending of the Anything You Can Do, I Can Do Better drama that they were doing for the last couple weeks. After the match, Andrade and Angel Garza ended up attacking the Street Profits, which the Viking Raiders came back to save them, and the, the four of them did their superhero fist pose. Oscar ended up retaining the Raw Women's title over Charlotte by submission as the injury from earlier in the evening with Nia Jax came into play. Tozawa beat R-Truth for the 24-7 title after Lashley destroyed Truth and Tozawa's ninjas. Tozawa was able to sneak in and get the pin. So now he has the title and he'll be protected by his ninjas. Natalia is now with Lana and she beat Liv Morgan. Ruby Riot later on approached Liv backstage and Liv uh, wanted nothing to, uh, to do with Ruby Riot, thinking that Ruby was there to rub it in. It looks like they might be trying to get Liv and Ruby back together because they really don't have anything for Ruby. Myself, I would put Ruby with possibly Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, they both have the green hair. You know, they already look like they could be a tag team with their styles. I'd like to see it happen, but I don't see it happening. But it looks like they're going to go back to the Riot Squad uh, look with Liv and Ruby because they've both been floundering in their current personas. The Big Show uh, confronted Orton and Flair for what they uh, did last week to Christian. And Orton says that he respected Big Show and the Big Show had taken him under his wing when he arrived in WWE. But respect can be lost quickly and so can legends be taken down quickly. Orton and Flair basically warned Big Show and told him to think about things as they slithered out of the ring and Show continued just to watch them. Then Sasha Banks and Bailey retained their tag team titles over the Iconics. MVP tried to recruit Apollo Crews to join his stable and Apollo ended up refusing. Shelton Benjamin came up for a rematch from last week when Cruz had actually cheated and used the ropes to retain his title. But as 
MVP was distracting Cruz. Shelton took him out. Apollo was able to come back and retain his title, but they're still looking at having something to do with MVP creating a bigger stable, maybe targeting Cruz to join it, but because he had refused, Bobby Lashley did come out and put Apollo Cruz in the full Nelson. So it looks almost as though with Ziggler sticking his nose on Raw and wanting a title shot, Lashley is magically out of the title contention and possibly going after the U.S. title. That's very quickly changing what they had done just a couple weeks earlier, making him look strong against Drew. The show ended with Rey Mysterio and Dominic uh, coming out, talking about what Seth Rollins did to their family and attacking uh, Ray the way they did. And Ray doesn't want Dominic involved, but Dominic had the microphone and looked into the camera and said that they're family and the family stands united. Seth then came out, joined by Murphy and Theory. A brawl uh, started and Black and Humberto Carrillo came out with chairs to make the rescue. They had taken out Murphy and Theory, and it was like four on one with Seth as they tried to do an eye for an eye and put him into the uh, steps. But Theory and Murphy ended up getting out and getting back up. They took out Carrillo and Black and went after. Dominic and Ray. Seth got the upper hand, and as Theory and Murphy were holding Ray, Seth attempted to do the same thing to Dominic and put his face into the steps, and he was saved just in time by Alistair Black and Humberto Carrillo. The heels ended up taking off, and the faces ended up standing tall. We'll see what happens at Extreme Rules. Probably going to be some sort of six-man tag match with possibly Dominic on the outside. Unless Ray is not cleared and then Dominic will take that spot and Ray will be on the outside. So that's how things ended up with Raw this week. Friday night on SmackDown, there was a tribute to The Undertaker and they showed the Boneyard match with AJ Styles and did a whole bunch of different uh, tribute uh, moments to Taker. Uh, the rest of the show had Nikki Cross uh, win a fatal four-way match that involved Lacey Evans, Dana Brooke, and Alexa Bliss, and she became the number one contender to Bailey's SmackDown Women's Championship. The New Day and the Lucha House Party uh, beat Miz, Morrison, Cesaro, and Nakamura in an eight-man tag team match. King Corbin had opened the show with a very disrespectful comments about The Undertaker. Jeff Hardy had come out to uh, shut Corbin up, and this became a match later on in the night, uh, which Jeff ended up winning. There was superstars all around the ring, and by the time things finished, you had Strowman, The New Day, and Jeff Hardy all hit their finishers on Baron Corbin. I think Matt Riddle was also part of that. And the other part of significance for SmackDown saw Braun Strowman 
um, have a confrontation with the Eater of Worlds version of Bray Wyatt, and they're almost doing the three faces of Foley with Wyatt, and it looks like they're going to have another cinematic match happening at Extreme Rules, and this time it's going to be a non-title match of Braun Strowman taking on the Eater of Worlds version of Bray Wyatt, the cult leader Bray Wyatt, in a swamp match. So they've also tagged the pay-per-view horror show. So they're going to have some fun with that. Extreme Rules currently has four matches on it. And that's Braun against Bray in the Swamp match. Drew McIntyre defending the WWE Championship against Dolph Ziggler. Bailey defending her SmackDown Women's title against Nikki Cross. And Asuka defending her Raw Women's Championship against Sasha Banks. And Extreme Rules is supposed to happen on July 19th on the WWE Network. Wrapping up this show, let's take a look at what happened on NXT, the show that beat AEW Dynamite this week. Cameron Grimes beat Damian Priest. NXT Cruiserweight Champion Santos Escobar beat Jake Atlas in an untitled match. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez beat Casey Cantazero and Caden Carter in tag team action. And then Dakota Kai issued a challenge to Io Shirai for the NXT Women's title and said that she's coming after her. Karrion Cross beat Bronson Reed. Rhea Ripley beat Aaliyah. And Robert Stone was at ringside. He even threw a shoe at Rhea Ripley, but it wasn't enough of a distraction to stop her from beating Aaliyah. The Undisputed Era throughout the evening were trying to give Roderick Strong some therapy in getting over his fear of Dexter Loomis. And they, because they were supposed to have a match later on in the night, but that therapy wasn't enough because when they ended up meeting in the ring for their match, Roderick didn't really get into the ring. He got in, got out, didn't really confront Dexter, and got himself counted out. Loomis, though, did get his hands on Bobby Fish to send a message to Undisputed Era. And then there was a triple threat match for the North American Championship, and Keith Lee retained his North American title in the triple threat match that also included Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor. Adam Cole came out to confront Lee as... They will now face off on July 8th, night two of the Great American Bash, with a winner-take-all title match for both belts. And that takes us to this week and next week in WWE with NXT countering Fighter Fest with two weeks of the Great American Bash. Unlike Fighter Fest. WD really hasn't gotten both cards filled out yet. And they're supposed to record them this week. So we'll see what happens. But what is known so far to happen at Great American Bash on night number one will be Timothy Thatcher taking on Only Lorcan. 
Roderick Strong is taking on Dexter Loomis in a strap match, so Roderick will not be able to get away from Loomis. Aaliyah and Robert Stone will team together to take on Rhea Ripley. If Ripley loses, she'll have to join the Robert Stone brand. There'll be a fatal four-way match, including Mia Yim, Dakota Kai, Candice LeRae, and Tegan Knox to determine the number one contender to the NXT Women's Championship. And Io Shirai, the NXT Women's Champion, is going to take on Sasha Banks in a non-title match. And those are night one already known matches for the Great American Bash this Wednesday night. Then, night two only has one match currently known, and that's going to be Keith Lee taking on Adam Cole in a champion versus champion winner-take-all match with the North American Championship and the NXT title both on the line. Adam Cole's been the NXT champion for well over a year now, but Keith Lee is one of the fastest rising stars on the NXT brand. Will the Undisputed Era and Adam Cole walk out with the title still intact for their group, or will we see a new champion? So that's happening July 8th. I'm sure this week we'll find out more matches that are going to be filling in the July 8th card. But that's everything that's going on right now in the wrestling world. Thank you once again for joining me on this episode number 111 of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. As you saw, or just listened to, there's a lot of crap going on in the wrestling world. Hopefully... COVID-19 doesn't take it down, and also, hopefully, enough people speak out and weed out the wrong people who are making the business look bad and make it a safer place working-wise for men, women, all over the place, whether it's the independent scene or the major leagues. We'll be back next week with results from night one of Fighter Fest, night one of Great American Bash, and... Follow up on any more breaking news that happens with the craziness of the backstage life of the wrestling world. So until then, be sure to share this on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and check out our Facebook page. If you haven't got one of your our t-shirts or posters yet with the amazing comic book design by Nigel Lewis, get in touch with me now and get one of these. Your money is going to go to a great cause with the Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto. They're looking for Kiri Malformation Cure, and we're part of Steven's wrestling journey. So $30 for a shirt, $15 for a poster. Hit me up as soon as you can. Scumbagswrestling at gmail.com on Facebook. Get one of these shirts. You won't want to regret it or miss it. So until next time, have a great week, and we'll see you again. Granted, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night.